0: Guys, it's Ellie and Bianca here. We have an awesome podcast today. It's just me and Bianca holding down the fort. So get ready for a bunch of awkward questions and awkward rants, pauses, and uh, you know, pour yourself a glass of wine or a hot cup of tea, and get ready. It's Ellie and Bianca here. I can say y'all, right? You, you can mind. because you're from Texas. I can own it. Everyone should say y'all. Well,
1: so, there's some people who shouldn't say I want to
0: hear you say it. I just said it. <laughs> say it again. Y'all. Oh, see, you're so sarcastic about it. <laughs> y'all. I think y'all is my mom's session. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm injured. This is exciting. I have mommy's thumb, which uh, there's a medical term for it, which I'm going to butcher. Dequeer veins. (laughs) There's my Texan again. (laughs) Dequeer veins, stenosing, tenosynovitis. Okay. It's called mommy's thumb. There's an article about it in the wall street journal and there are five signs. Um, but I didn't read the article. So, Oh wait, here they are. Here are the five signs. Ready? Trouble lifting even small objects like a coffee cup, Pain on the thumb side of the wrist with twisting or gripping. Restricted range of motion, movement in the thumb. Hurts to make a fist. Weak hand, afraid I'll drop things. This is according to you go Noelle to Henley, MD. No, but I went on Amazon and I got a, a little black wrist guard thing, so I look like Michael Jackson. <sighs> oh my God. So basically it's when you make the L shape with your hand to pick your kid up under their armpits, that tendon where the thumb is to the wrist can get really hurt. And I was getting this sharp, excruciating pain every time I tried to pick up Sabrina, Oh, which was a huge bummer because I have to get her in the crib somehow and get her in the car seat somehow. How much is she weighing now? I have no idea. I don't know, but she's in the almost 80,
1: she's like the 79th percentile for weight. So she's doing good. She's doing great. You know what's so weird is I am so confused on children's weight and height and all of that, like I would think it's so – like they gain a ton of weight in the beginning and then like from year one to two, it like does it slow down a little bit? It seriously slows down because you don't have to buy clothes
0: as often. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Oh, that's cool. And then the other cool thing about that is when they start walking, well, at least in Sabrina's case, her – I miss her little thigh chub. But it means that she can wear her pants longer because pants that she was about to outgrow now that she's walking, she's trimming down a little bit, and she can keep those jeans on longer. But I miss the little thigh rolls, even though our doctor told us to do 2% milk instead of whole. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. And actually, with this thumb, with this mommy thumb thing, it's a really... uh, Big thing, like 50% of mothers get it, and then a lot of moms have to end up getting cortisone shots, and then they have to get – some of them have to get surgery for it. It's a huge bummer, and one of the reasons it's so prevalent is because of, they say, overweight children. (laughs) Uh, Really? Yeah. Huh. But your
1: child is not.
0: She's not overweight. No. She's very healthy.
1: We just bought a new bed. I was going to read you this little article thing that I, um, a friend sent to me um, and uh, the reason why it's – so we've been – we've had a queen-size bed and um, we co-sleep with Magnolia, at least for the second part of the evening. And I, I just don't sleep because I'm absolutely crushed up against – the edge of the bed and I'm like teetering, you know, towards falling off halfway through the night. And so it's like, I just don't really sleep all that well. So we went on vacation and we stayed in a king size bed and we bit the bullet and we're like, we have to get a king size bed. So we ordered one like two months ago. It takes forever to get here. It came today. I have not seen it yet because it came while I was leaving to come for this podcast. But In order to make space for the bed, we had to really kind of clean out everything. And of course, you know, when you start cleaning one end of the room, it turns into you're cleaning out the closet. You're doing all these other things. And um, I just realized we have so much crap and I'm tired of having crap that I don't use, that I don't need clutter. I hate it. It makes me crazy. And I realized like- You have great taste. I'll take some of it. (laughs) Well, that's, I'm talking about the stuff you don't see that's like hidden in the closets and stuff. So um, my friend sent me this article that's um, off of this book that this woman called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Japanese organizational guru Marie Kondo. And basically she says that um, – and I totally agree with this – even though it sounds a little crazy I, when I actually think about it, um, that part of it is to keep the belongings that spark joy and to get rid of those that don't. That overpriced cocktail dress you always feel guilty for never wearing, gone. Those sa- uh, sad laundry day tights with the holy toes. And who has sad laundry day tights even? I mean, <laughs> seems well,
0: like you know, a little 1950s. I only wear
1: <laughs> these tights when I go to my
0: laundry. <laughs> I mean, this person really needs to reevaluate everything if they are
1: wearing tights to do their laundry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to listen to this expert, Bianca. Beyond... <laughs> but I have to say, like, don't you know there's those things in your closet when you're like, I, I know I, I will find an outfit for this, but there's something about it that, like, you don't want to put on, even though maybe it's a totally decent top or it's something that feels like it should go with anything, but you just never put it on. Mm-hmm. You're always thinking, like, I'll hold on to it. And I have stuff like that. and. She's I'm, I have yet to read her book, but I just ordered it because I, my friend who read it said it's life-changing and hence the name. And um, she, she she says you should take everything out of your closet and put everything back piece by piece. And when you hold something, if it does not bring you joy, it's gone. And so I'm going to try it and I will let you know how it goes. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that?
0: I'm just wondering if I'd have anything left to wear.
1: Ellie, that's so sad.
0: (laughs) No, I don't mean it. There are things that give me joy, but there are also just practical things. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but even practical things. Like, for example, I have this just gray um, button-up, like, um, you know, like denim shirt. It's just just a basic thing, right? There's nothing special about it. It brings me so much joy to put it on. I don't know, because I feel like like I'm like, can get work done when I'm in it. Like, I think – there's, I have articles of clothing that make me feel that way, whether it's a really fancy skirt that I go out and wear or if it's just like a pair of sweats, a great pair of sweats that I just feel like they were my dad's and they Aww. just like connect me with him. You know, but like, listen, we do so many things in our life that we choose to do because they make us happy. Shouldn't the things in our lives also bring us joy in that way? And like, why do you keep around stuff that just doesn't make you feel that way? Now, I'm sure there's some people out there who are like, you're crazy because things are things and they don't have energy. But, you know, once again, hippy-dippy, crazy person here. And I do believe that that everything in your life should be something that, you know, when you pick it up makes you happy. That's all I have to say on that. I support that. Like support in the way that like you're going to try it too or support in the way that you're kind of giggling on the inside and oh, that Bianca.
0: No, 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 no. I'll do it. I'm always optimistic that I'm going to find the right pair of pants or the right belt to go with that thing so suddenly – or that right underwear so that I can wear the damn thing. Yeah. But maybe I should just lose it. Is that what we're saying? Well, I mean, do you have time? Who has the no, time? No, I don't. But then I don't have time to go buy new things either. No. But listen, the, you, what, I know what you're saying. This is a ridiculous conversation because I totally agree yeah. with you and what I'm – bumping against. Just you're, you're saying if it doesn't give you joy and you don't wear it anyway, then lose it. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point.
1: Exactly. Um, also, I listened to a podcast this week. You cheated on us. I did. Okay. Um, and I was driving to work and I pulled over because I'm trying really hard to not text when I drive. And I texted my nanny who was um, driving behind me. You need to download this right now and listen to it.
0: Wait, you're t- wait. Whoa, 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 whoa! You are sending text to your nanny. Oh, but no. she she doesn't have the kid.
1: No, I have the kid in the car, but right? she's also driving. Yes, but we like, but well, we like pulled over. We're like at a stop. You both pulled over. Yes, so I could like maybe I'm lying a little bit. I was at a,
0: I was at a stoplight. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay, <laughs> but I was at a stoplight. Well, at least you were driving because I don't want you texting your nanny while she's driving. No, your no, kid. no, I would never do that. I know. First I'm of all, I'm just giving and I, you a tough time. I don't know. I'm feeling very rebellious right I, now. <laughs> <laughs> why? why i don't know i just kind of like stomp it out
1: like a four-year-old I'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm sassy um so anyway my point being that i i said you need to listen to this podcast right now and it's called the school of greatness would have you fired her if she didn't no well she's leaving anyway our oh. our time has come to an end it's very sad but um, okay podcast name again it's called the school of greatness and the first episode that i listened to was um was their two year like definition of greatness. So the podcast has been on for two years and he did a collection of um, 17 of his favorite guests and what their definition of greatness is. And, um, it was so inspiring and it made me feel like I could get out and like do stuff. And like, I wanted to go and write something and do something that made me feel really good. And it just kind of led me down this path of starting to think about like the tidying up clutter article. Um, how much stuff I have in my life that brings me down? Still, even after all these years, because I—I mean, I used to have way more stuff in my life that was negative and not good. And blah, blah, blah. but I—I I thought about how in life we continue to kind of keep things around that bring us down, Pe- whether they be people, whether they be um things that you have from the past, like letters. Like I have old letters Ooh.
0: from like. Like, letters. Let's talk letters. Yeah.
1: Like I have letters from um like boyfriends or friends when we like got in fights, you know. I don't have any. You don't? I'm lying. <laughs> you
0: are rebellious. <laughs> No, I was thinking of Adam Listen, but now that we're at minute 11, I'm sure he, he only gets to minute 10 by the time he gets to Warner Brothers and then it's in. Um, no, I have those letters, but I really think I'm going to love torturing myself with them when I'm in the elderly home. I think half the stuff I do or keep is so that when I'm in the old folks' home, I have something to, to look at. Well, how, how do you know you're going to be in an old folks' home? Well, by Maybe. then I will have alienated my children. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam will be uh with me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be one of those nice places. I mean, right? listen, it's like I, sweet, like you know, sort of campus living and then you just
1: <laughs> I think um the the <laughs> point being I I do I just have lots of boxes of stuff that so are I So going to get rid of the to. letters. Um how about the emails too? Do you have all those emails? I have so many emails. Where do you have the emails? I have thousands of emails. In your email inbox? Yes. Yeah, that's not good.
0: And also – or just archive through Gmail, right? Because I got my Gmail account my senior year of college. So I've just got – since then. <sighs> that scares me so much. Like all of these emails just saved in there. Yeah. So don't write a nasty email to me, Bianca, because <laughs> I will have it in
1: 10 years. <laughs> Damn it. I'm gonna have to delete that one I have in the in the draft folder.
0: I'm still really distracted about the the
1: laundry day tights. <laughs> <laughs> um so like we have we we were trying to basically what happened is I got a surprise week off. This is the deal, people. In our world, in the world of TV making, they like change things around on you so quickly that like all of a sudden you have time or you suddenly don't have time. And I suddenly had time. So Ellie and I ran in here to get some podcasts done in the studio. And of course, we got some guests, but we weren't able to fill a guest for this hour. And so Well, someone had to cancel last minute. Yeah. So we so we put this like out onto Twitter and whatnot, like send us questions. And apparently I got Will You Marry Me <laughs> from Mike. you my, answer that? No. Who's that from?
0: Not from Mike.
1: Um, no, it's from some guy at don't wrap. don't give him more Twitter followers. <laughs> okay. Um, and then at Andrew something or other said, I watched you and bring it on this morning. Oh, that's cool. But that's not a, a question. So I figured let's just ask each other questions. Are you up for that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to start?
0: When you were little, I'm going to start. When you were little, how many children did you want to
1: have? A lot. I mean, I think as a kid, I imagined myself having a lot of kids, like five. Did you imagine living in LA with five kids? Hell no. I don't know what I thought. I thought I was going to have some like, you know, here's the thing. I really was, I believed in magic so much when I was a little kid. And so I I totally thought that like when I walked out of the room, like my dolls and everything, stuffed animals on the bed, like had a party. So I would like try and run in really fast and catch Mm -hmm. them. And um, so I had, like, really larger-than-life dreams, like, that I would live in Europe and be, Wait, like... Wait,
0: larger-than-life dreams, like, that you'd be the star on a sitcom? Like, <laughs> you, It's, like, pretty amazing. It <sighs> is. That is. a larger-than-life dream, you know,
1: man. you know what's really weird, I think? And I, I would love to talk to somebody who's, like, uber-famous, like Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie or, I don't know, someone like that. If they would come and do our podcast, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like... I, I would love to ask, like, how, if they think that they are st- – I mean, I'm I'm sure I could par- partially answer this for them, but
0: but it's like – Okay. <laughs> Do it. Do it in your best
1: Brad Pitt voice. Uh-huh. I don't even know how Brad Pitt talks. Um, Angelina is um, – she talks very – doesn't she have a very sexy voice? Yep.
0: More people um, just asked you to marry them on Twitter. Oh, I know.
1: Um, But I mean, is it like – it's weird Right, you get to a certain point but you always desire more. Like I have friends who are still out there auditioning and trying to get acting gigs and they're like, you've made it. You've been on a sitcom for seven years and now you are on a new sitcom that's going into year two. And I'm like still feel like I have so much left to do and it makes me wonder like people who are, you know, like – does Bill Gates think that he's reached the pinnacle of his success? I remember watching a TED Talk. I think that's why they all try to save the
0: world. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, Bill Gates has his amazing foundation where they give away most of their wealth. Yeah. The billionaires. Uh, Angelina Jolie is, she's, I don't know, she's always she does, trying to save the world in some way. She is trying to save the
1: world and she's pretty good at it. I mean, she seems like she gets out there and really gets into mm-hmm. stuff. I would love to do stuff like that, but it's so hard to know even where to start. You know, like I mean, like saving the entire world. Well, like you what? become an ambassador for something. It's like, how do you? I mean, I feel like it well, is. What are what's your interest? Is it in children and? Well, children I've done a lot right? of stuff for. I've done a lot of stuff for you know the, amputee the amputees stuff? because my brother is an amputee. He's, he was um, hit by a train when he, in Prague when he was twenty three and lost both his legs. And um, so I, you know, for many years went and um, was a counselor at this youth amputee camp that was so awesome and i haven't been able to do it the last two years because i was pregnant and then had magnolia but i don't know maybe next year i'll get to go back and then i also work for the um, Challenge athletes foundation which they go and um you know help kids who have amputations to do sports and race and see i mean look at you angelina (laughs) Why why is it that like whatever we do just doesn't seem good enough when it's compared That's so funny. compared yeah. against like you always feel you like just there's people two out there huge doing huge
0: things. You, you acted like you don't do it. And then you tricked me. I tri- you tricked me <laughs> because you do a ton of stuff.
1: But we don't give ourselves credit for it. We don't give ourselves credit for it. Well, how many kids did you want to have when you were a kid? Mm. I always wanted to be a
0: teacher. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I ever wanted kids. Really? I mean, it wasn't a thing. I wanted a sibling um, when I was little. I got my half-brother when I was in third grade. So I always wanted a sibling before that. Yeah. But I was never like, oh, I'm going to have kids. But I did – I founded a a journal entry, speaking of holding on to things forever. I have my elementary school journal. And in third – no, in fifth grade, I I had it all planned out that in the – Summer, I was going to live on a farm
1: oh, so cute.
0: and write musicals. And in the winter, I was going to go to the city, live in the city and put on the musicals. It's a pretty good dream. That's a great dream.
1: You know what? Um, when I was a little kid, what I really wanted, you remember they used to have, because obviously there was no digital camera Mm -hmm. stuff out so you know you had to get your film developed and so there was those little Kodak kiosks yeah that you would drive up to and um I used to (laughs) literally have dreams at night that I got to live in one I just I wanted to live in a Kodak kiosk because it (laughs) seemed seemed like such a perfect little can you describe a kiosk like they were like these little um cylindric, is that a word? Cylindric buildings. Like mm-hmm. they just had the one little door and you went in and it was literally like this little uh, standalone building that had room for one person in there and they had the drive-up window and you would drop your film off and then they would develop the film have it sent out and they would come back and you would drive by. And I wanted to live in a Kodak kiosk and I wanted to have a little miniature car that I could – Um, park by the Kodak kiosk. (laughs) So weird. Such a weird child. Um, what, let me ask you a question. What? I feel like we should have tequila. I know. know, truth or dare. (laughs) Um, what has been the hardest thing about being a mom that you, that you didn't think would be that hard?
0: you on the spot the hardest thing has been allowing myself to really appreciate where I am in that moment so because I set myself up for failure where I will when I'm with Sabrina I will be thinking that I need to be working and gosh darn it like why am I not getting this other stuff done? And and then when I'm working and if I'm writing in a coffee shop or something and I hear a baby cry, it like s- stabs me in the soul because I'm thinking, "Oh my god, I should be with my baby."
1: Yeah. So I have that. when
0: I'm working, I should be with my baby, and when I'm with my baby, I should be working. Um Shonda Rhimes had a great commencement speech for Dartmouth last year. You can find it on YouTube. And she talks about that. She talks about how she, whenever she's doing gangbusters with work and it's going really well, that usually means she's not doing that great in the mom department. And Whenever she's being, you know, whenever she feels like she's really rocking it as a mom and her work is always suffering. And that basically, that doesn't change. So what I need you know, just being present in each of those experiences rather
1: than feeling like I should be doing another thing. Because that's no fun. It's no fun. And you know, that's such a good one to bring up because I feel like a lot of people feel that way. And I think that maybe some people aren't even aware that they feel that way. They can't put their finger on what exactly that feeling is. And I know I've had that. And I get down on myself because I think like, gosh, darn it. I just want to be here and be with her. And the other thing I notice is like when other people are with her, whether it be my husband or babysitter or nanny, whoever, or somebody at work, sometimes I'll watch that person. And I'll be like – it's so hard to look from the outside in and see them having so much fun with her. And then I think, gosh, I have to rem- remind myself when I'm in those moments to be there with her so I can s- celebrate it. And so I can have as much fun with her as – that person's having or that person's having you know I think when you step away from your child you see the larger picture of them and you can mm-hmm. really appreciate um you know when you're home all day with them and it's like you're at that 11th hour of oh my god it's you know almost ready mm-hmm. to put them down for for bed it's hard to remember that because you have just been in it mm-hmm. all day all week sometimes um So that's a good one. And I, and you know, I have to tell you, um, I think meditation really helps with that. If, if, even if it's not meditation, but it's like what we've talked about before, five minutes to yourself, listening to something really moving or, you know, inspiring something or other, what are you smiling at?
0: This weekend I put Sabrina down for her nap. And by the way, the naps are getting so good because I pushed it. A little bit. So now she's napping for at least an hour and a half a day, which is like for me (laughs) exciting. And She only does one nap or twice? One nap. One nap, yeah. But hour and a half to two hours, which is rocking my world. Put her down for her nap. Adam's working in the office slash guest room. I go downstairs. There's this – on YouTube you can go to Dan Siegel's Wheel of Awareness and it's about a 10-minute meditation that he walks you through. I put it on, I lean back on the couch, I'm relaxed, this is going to be good. And then the dogs trot down the stairs and they really annoy me. And then my husband trots down the stairs and he's like, do you want eggs? I'm like, no, I don't want eggs, thanks. I'm just thinking, oh, now he's going to make eggs and it's going to be really like loud and in my way. So then I went upstairs, but – and then he followed me upstairs. It was like, is something wrong? And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to meditate. But yes, meditating is great. Meditating is great. If you can find your little Kodak kiosk where you can do it, <laughs> meditate. I said to him, I was like, I just want, I was like, I love you so much. I just want 10 minutes alone. I just want 10 minutes alone.
1: You know what? And Michael does that too sometimes, like where I'll hand um, Magnolia to him and I'll be like, I just need five minutes to do this. Can I just, you know, can I go over and do this? He's like, sure. But then he stands in the doorway with her of anywhere that I'm – I'm like, no, I meant like go in the other room and let me do this. And he's that's like, so oh, but we just wanted to be near you. And I'm like, that's great. But I just need you to do
0: so good. Adam got home just in time for bedtime last night. And he was putting on her pajamas because they were going to just do pajamas together and read a book because they hadn't gotten to see each other yet that yesterday. And he starts – asking me, like, oh, do you have the night diaper? Can you give me this? Can you give me that? This is really bad. But I was like, I'm not your sous chef. Like, this is your 15 minutes. Like, she can walk, put her down for a minute, ask her to pick out her favorite book, and just get the night diaper. I don't need to be – you're like a second lieutenant. Not that I know what any of these phrases mean, but you get. The You're point. using them, Riley. Though no,
1: it's it's totally true. It's like their time when you have, when when you have give them their time. They're off and they're doing their own thing, and there is no interruption from you. Uh-huh. The minute it's their time to have the child. Then they want you to be a part of that. Yeah, like,
0: they want you to be their
1: assistant. Yes, or even just to be around. Right. right, and it's like, no, I this just is my want, moment. I went to um, I went to the spa yesterday, uh, because I was like part of, you know, having a day off. I was like, I need to go get a massage. My whole body feels broken. Um, you know, we're we're on like when we shoot a show, it's can be five to six hours straight of being on. Where you know, you're, this is crazy.
0: It's watching you guys is amazing because they change the lines on you 2 seconds before you go on. This is in front of how big is the audience? Like 300
1: people? Mm, I don't know if it's that. Man. Like probably like 100 150, 100, yeah. We're talking about
0: thousands of or hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake every millions. Or millions? Yeah. Is it millions? So every time they do an episode because hundreds of people are working that night to make it happen. The amount of pressure you guys are under. Well, and it's just you don't get to turn off. Like it's not like – And you you better look good, man. (laughs) You better look good. So I'm glad you're getting your massages
1: because if you look tired, you're out. Oh, and and (laughs) Tuesday night when we shot our episode, I went in halfway through the show to um, my dressing room to use the the bathroom and I looked in the mirror – and my eyes were so red and I was just like, you know, it's, it's a whole new world for me of getting off work and I'm still working. Cause I mm-hmm. then deal with Magnolia and, um, I'm not complaining because it's an amazing, you do get to have massages it, it's because I do get to have massages <laughs> and I have an amazing life, um, with getting to work and both be a mama at the same time. And I, that makes me very happy. Uh, because but it's it, a new challenge. It's a new challenge. And, um, so I went to um, – and, and got a massage yesterday and, uh, you know, left the house and I totally don't remember the point of my story. I think you just want to rub um, it in our face I that you do. got a massage. I think that must, <laughs> I, I think that must be it. Um, no, come on. I know. I don't remember. My Honestly, I, like I think I'm being depleted in some vitamin or something because I just have been so – Tired and so my not even mm-hmm. just tired my brain doesn't work anymore. Yeah, this is the 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 mommy, mommy brain fog is a real thing and oh. it's and it's so awful. Like I don't I feel like I'm not smart anymore. Like it, words escape me. I can't mm-hmm. think of things on the fly. I used to be really good with my um with my you know big words word of the day. <laughs> I used to be really good with my big words.
0: I was. <laughs> I don't speak like I don't know that how anymore. You, how do you memorize?
1: I don't even know but you've
0: got to show me how to memorize, though, because it's gonna—that's it, gonna bite me in the ass.
1: Memorizing is hard.
0: Memorizing is very hard, and I don't know how to do it with mommy brain. I gotta say that all week I have been—I thought it was because Adam's been coming home from work like three thirty in the morning, yeah—and that really screws up my sleep, and then I can't fall back asleep, and it drives me crazy. Okay, and if I don't get. Seven hours of sleep. It's a flashback to my early days of motherhood where I become totally crazy pants. Like I cry a lot. I eat a lot of boxes of cookies. But then I got my period this morning. So I think it was actually my period. It's kind of like being – is this your first one? No. I think it's like my third or fourth. But it's – since 2012, people. Um, I think – It's kind of like being in a murder mystery movie where you look back on the week and you're like, oh, suddenly it all makes sense. (laughs) Like this is why I ate the entire box of cookies. This is why I couldn't stop crying. I was blaming it on my
1: husband, but it was my hormones. Do you know what's so funny about that? It's like save for the time when you're pregnant and have your kid. It's like we've been – getting our periods since outweigh, you know, your yeah. teenage years. And we still haven't figured out that there is a time of the month where you'll do crazy things. You would think that like the first thought in your head would be like, oh yeah, my period's right. coming, but it's right. not. Like I'll have a week where I just, am like, oh my God, I keep getting fatter. I I've, and I've realized now, or finally. Or paler.
0: I get paler. And then my face gets really puffy. But I, but I realize, like – I'm obsessed with the puffy face syndrome. We know
1: this <laughs> yes, because yeah, it's all I talk about. <laughs> but my thing that I finally – I finally after, I don't know, 20 years came to terms with is that if the F word, fat, escapes my lips when looking at myself in the mirror, my period is about to start. Because there will be times where I look at myself in the mirror I'm like, oh, I don't feel that great about my body. But if I say fat, that is a period-related comment.
0: Yeah, because it's so nasty. It's mean. It's mean. And i the So, o- so the only reason that would be brought
1: up is because of this hormonal shift. Um, yeah.
0: And, you know, some women would say that that's not – or I've read articles that like talk about how if PMS doesn't actually exist, that that's a sexist thing. And to that I would say come visit – too bad you didn't visit my house earlier this week when I was crying for no reason and eating boxes – of cookies. There are these cookies, which of course I don't know the name of. Oh my god, Bianca. They're you, like they're like a, they're, they're like a fine wine. Oh, you, you know what they're called? Best cookies in the world. <laughs> that's <laughs> the name. That's the name of these cookies. And you open this cardboard box and then you open the the foil sleeve. or whatever. Yeah. Where the cookies are, and then you're supposed to aerate them like a fine wine. Really? You are, and they are that good. Oh, best uh, cookies in the world. Why are we so crazy? Like, why are women as a whole so crazy? Oh God! See my feminist, like, on my you, shoulder, just
1: freaked out. You it just like, your hair just went
0: up on the back of your neck. Just the feminist on my shoulder did. Yeah, she was like, you can't say that women are crazy. But we are, Allie. Mm-hmm. We're but so- men are okay. Fine. If women are crazy, men are stupid. Well, wow, that's true. Are they? they're, they're irrational and nuts.
1: And some of them are bullies. I just think like we're open to the whole experience. Okay. We're not going to. You know what's, what? You know about. what the hardest thing about doing a podcast is?
0: That this lasts forever and that people can take what we say out of context and, and we can't defend ourselves. And
1: also that whenever I'm talking, I, I'm constantly thinking in the back of my head of, of who, who am I alienating? Yeah. Like if I say something, it's like who doesn't – who's going to think that statement was unfair? Or I think like us sitting here talking about being tired and whatever and I'm like some woman who's a single mom who has eight kids is rolling her eyes and being like, you bitches don't even know what you're talking about. Well, there's more than one. There's
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are so
1: many. It's true. I would love for some of them to be guests on our show. We should do a call-in. I would love that too actually. I, w- I really would love to hear from – people that listen to our podcast. I'd love to hear their stories. I'd love to hear what they think about some of the things that we talk about. Um, you know, I mean, that's why like when you and I, so Ellie and I talked last night and, um, we were deciding what we were going to do when we had a guest that couldn't come in and, um, you know, we're human beings. So of course we're curious if people like the, the podcast and we'll go on iTunes and look at the comments and, Um, you know, there's, it's fine. Like everybody has the right to their own opinion. And if you don't like the podcast, you don't like the podcast. If you don't like the podcast, you're probably not even listening at this point. So it doesn't matter. But what's hard for me is when people make comments that are personal uh, slanders, uh, what's what's the word slander? No, our personal uh, attacks, I guess, against us. And they just aren't true. Like when somebody says, Um, the last one, what was the last one that I read? It was like proud, boastful, and fake. Well, neither of us are fake people. That's just not true. We, we, we may come across as whiny sometimes. I feel like we're in dangerous territory
0: right now. I want to talk. (laughs) How come? Because, well, I'll say, yeah, we are, we bring unique perspectives. Like we're not
1: trying to be the every woman. Like this isn't, but to say we're fake is BS because we ta- we okay. we speak from the heart and maybe I'll say something sometime that is like rub somebody the wrong way and that's just life that happens. It would be a fun show to do if you couldn't piss people off. Exactly. Um, but but I I guess that's what I'm hoping is that eventually we get to a place where it, that voice doesn't speak doesn't pop up in the back of my head where I think like oh someone's going to think that I'm um you know an elitist because I just said that about, you know, and and that's mm-hmm. why I think it's good that we have each other because we we do hold each other accountable. You're always great about saying, well, somebody might, you know, feel differently than what you mm-hmm. just said. And then that brings me kind of back to reality and that's great. But like I wish, you know, it's like kind of what we were talking about Teresa Palmer the other day where it's like I just wish that anytime that you did something where you're excited and you put it out there and you're – Supporting um, some viewpoint or excited about something that it, somebody didn't feel like they had to cut you down. What, what did she call that? The poppy.
0: Yeah. The poppy syndrome or something. Tall poppy. Tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, cutting down the tallest flowers. And not that I even
1: think that we're the tallest flowers, but well, I just, I've got really great legs. You I have, mean,
0: one of them has bone cement in it for a tumor, so I feel like I can. You answer. have. I've got great legs. You have fantastic
1: legs.
0: (laughs) I I walk funny. Um, My contractor actually commented on that the other day. I mean, I've always walked funny. I was always a toe walker. I'm very sensitive about this. So please, you know, I talk about this stuff on the podcast. Let's not talk about it in real life because I got to say I share things on here that I don't actually want to talk about as a person in real life. I was always a toe walker. And then after my tumor surgery, I had to learn how to walk again, and then I had some like weird hip shifting business with the walking with that, and then I just had my second surgery on my knee, and um, apparently I still have some funniness in my movement. But you know what? It doesn't matter because as long as I stand in heels, man,
1: the legs look great. The legs look great. So here, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Favorite and least favorite thing about your body after having a baby? Well, my favorite thing was my boobs. I like having bigger boobs. That's a definite because <laughs> I've said I've as I've said before on this podcast that I have a big butt and it's not been nice to have it balanced out. We have a um it will have aired already by this point, but we have a Super Bowl commercial airing for Undateable. And um the the tatas were on full display and that and I was I was excited about that because I felt like I had something to offer.
0: Oh, that's terrible! <laughs> the feminist on my shoulder started
1: crying. <laughs> <laughs> but just for the just for the yeah. actual like like it, you know it's yeah. like a spoof on Chicago Fire and we're fighting fire and we're like and it's it's so dumb and silly but so much fun. fun and it was fun to like. I always look at, like, Sofia Vergara and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, those boobs. And she's just so boobalicious. And I got to be really boobalicious. And that that was fun. So so sue me. Um, But one thing that I don't like post-baby is I – and it must be, like, hormonal shifts or whatever. I get so hot at night in bed and my skin isn't the greatest because I sweat. I sweat so bad during the night and – so any attractiveness that I set up for myself by t- talking about my Super Bowl commercial just got cut down by my gross, sweaty body at night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of my body, after giving birth, I've been really into my hands lately, which sounds so bizarre, but just holding my daughter's feet yeah and stuff oh, I, I it's just the best. It just feels so good. Um, And they're so useful. Like, I didn't have to – I just remember the first six months just, like, constantly washing bottles nonstop, and it was, like, ridiculous. But um, as I was saying earlier, this new mommy something, like, I had not fully appreciated how much you use your hands as a parent. And my least favorite part of my body would be my pelvic floor. Because oh. it took a really long time for me
1: to be able to jump rope and not piss my pants. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. I, I like when I sneeze. It's, it's no bueno. Um, but I was going to tell you about the hand thing. Um, I, I, was gonna, I was crafting a tweet and then I got distracted and it never happened. Uh, last week about how moms are one-armed magicians. Um, because you learn to do so much with one hand while you're holding so your child and, you know, or keeping them okay. away from something. Or, you know, it's like everything becomes a one-handed uh, chore and, um, and how adept you can get at doing that. We're going to take a quick break. Okay. Okay,
0: okay guys, we're back from the break. I got a really cool email from a girlfriend of mine who lives in Paris and she has a little girl, Sabrina's age, and she was discussing how relieved she is that she lives in France and that there isn't sort of this like parenting war over methods of raising your children. And then she did say though that when she was in the States, she visited a family where the kid just kept dropping food on the floor from the high chair and the mom was like, it's fine. She's learning cause and effect. And apparently that wouldn't fly in France because if you take your kid out to eat, like you can't have the kid dropping food on the floor.
1: I understand on the, on the one hand she's saying like it, it'd be rude to be at a restaurant and just expect the waiters to pick up crap because you say your child is learning cause and effect. I get that. That's yeah, not considered – I pick up the crap myself. Yeah. That's not considered – And I just don't take her out very often. <laughs> human beings. Um but what I what I think is a little interesting is just the fact that she was talking about the non-judgment mm-hmm. in her own country but then she judged when she went somewhere else the parenting style of another mm-hmm. person which is fine like I tend to agree with her that I would rather not have people think that I'm rude enough to just let them like pick stuff up off the ground mm-hmm. after my child um but apparently that person thought that this was the way that she wanted to teach her kid and you know well i think it's just like would you do
0: you let your kid would you let magnolia drop food on the floor at, at your own house from the high chair like if she just wanted to do that no you wouldn't let her
1: no cuz i
0: i get the whole cause and effect thing cuz you like at least if I don't think you should do it. I mean, that's why we moved her to its little Montessori table to eat, actually, so that she wouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, I mean- but I think that there's. it's helpful as a parent to at least realize why your kid is doing it. Your kid isn't doing it because, well, sometimes they're just little shits, but a lot of times they are just <laughs> looking at cause and effect, and that's just the stage of learning. So during that stage... Maybe, you know, I don't know. You can tell them not to do it, but it's still useful to know why.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess a good cause and effect would be that they don't get any more of that food,
0: maybe. (laughs) That's how you teach cause and effect. That's great. You're trying to figure out cause and effect by dropping food on the floor. I'm going to teach you cause and effect because when you drop the food on the floor, that's the end of meal time. That's genius. I love that.
1: We should have a parenting book. That's awesome. Let's do it. Um, well, I feel like today's podcast has been a little bit scatterbrained, but you know what? We all have those days and, and I think that we had to kind of fly by the seat of our pants cause we had our guest fall out. And, um, you know, this is, uh, what it's like to sit and have a conversation with Bianca and Ellie sometimes Woohoo! <laughs> meandering little, uh, stream of thoughts. And, um, do you have a mom session?
0: Yes. The best chocolate
1: chip, <laughs> the best cookies in the world. <laughs> I'm going to have to go get those now, I'm yeah. sure. Where do you get them? Uh, I got them at the grocery store. So oh. if you go to any sort of... Any, like Ralph's or anything is... I got it at Gelson's. Oh, but- okay. Um, my mom bomb for today is um, a quote that I heard on that amazing podcast that I listened to, The School of Greatness. And um, I don't know, it really resonated with me um, because I think that as we try to acquire more and more and more, um, that the goal of life life is not to accumulate power, but to radiate it. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, for me, at least the, the journey I'm hoping to take is to find more of a place where I can, um, sit with my great power and my peace and, uh, be what I want to see in the world um, as an example instead of just keep talking about it. Um, so there you have it. What are you going to do this weekend?
0: Well, it's the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So when this airs, we will have already seen. Yeah, seen, Super Bowl.
0: seen the promo. That's what I'm excited about is seeing the Undateable Promo.
1: Yeah, hopefully so everyone's well. seen the Undatable promo, and it starts March 17th, and um, after The Voice on NBC. After the Voice on NBC St. Patty's Day. So if you're not someone who wants to go out and drink green beer, stay home and hang out with the Undateable folks. Um, We're
0: not getting paid to say that either, but we do make money if it does well. I'm getting paid Rose. to say that. <laughs> Are you on this podcast? not on this podcast but that's as, what a I'm saying, as a job as a job right exactly yeah me too yes my, my
1: my livelihood is yes that's what we mean um all right peeps and we love you and we support you no matter what parenting choices you choose to make trust in your goodness live out your greatness rock on atomic, atomic moms, moms.